Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2-5 Christian Talk. Living the Christian life isn't always easy and can be confusing. Join me now while we talk about a biblical perspective of Christian life and how to live it out in an ever-changing world. I'm your host Mark Kublank and this is Christian Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. This is your host Mark Kublank and today we are going to be taking a look at John chapter 11 verses 17 through 37 where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. But first we're going to start out as we always do with a word from the Puritans. Heavenly Father, save me entirely from sin. I know that I am righteous through the righteousness of another. But I pant and pine for likeness to you. I am your child and should bear your image. Enable me to recognize my death to sin. When it tempts me, may I be deaf to its voice. Deliver me from the invasion as well of the dominion of sin. Grant me to walk as Christ walked, to live in the newness of his life, the life of love, the life of faith, the life of holiness. I abhor my body of death, its indolence, envy, meanness, pride. Forgive and kill these vices. Have mercy on my unbelief, on my corrupt and wandering heart. When your blessings come, I begin to idolize them, and I set my affection on some beloved object, children, friends, wealth, honor. Cleanse this spiritual adultery and give me chastity. Close my heart to all but you. Sin is my greatest curse. Let your victory be apparent to my consciousness and displayed in my life. Help me to always be devoted, confident, obedient, resigned, childlike in my trust of you. To love you with soul, body, mind, strength, to love my fellow man as I love myself, to be saved from the unregenerate temper, hard thoughts, slanderous words, meanness, unkind matters, to master my tongue and keep the door of my lips. Fill me with grace daily that I may be a fountain of sweet water. Amen. So on today's podcast, we're going to be getting into the story of Lazarus dying, uh, Jesus showing up at the tomb after his death, and having a dialogue with Mary and Martha and some with his disciples, and eventually raising Lazarus from the dead. What we're going to talk about is verses 17 through 37. So we're going to go over a little bit of the backstory. First of all, Jesus is not in the area at the time, but he hears that his friend Lazarus is sick. And this is a very dear friend of his. Jesus informs the disciples that Lazarus has fallen asleep and I go to waken him. The disciples thought, well, if he's asleep, why does he need you to go wake him up? They didn't understand what he was saying. 
So Jesus corrects them and just plainly says, Lazarus has died. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read our section, verses 17 through 37, and then we're going to go ahead and dive in and dissect it verse by verse. Verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but he was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who were with her in the house consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? That's our entire section, and now we're going to start with verse 17 and get into it verse by verse. All right, so let's begin with verses 17 through 20. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. This was four days after Lazarus' death. He had already been wrapped in the burial cloths and placed in the tomb. And something we need to understand is in Israel's climate, uh, decomposition would have been well underway in four days. One of the things that we need to look at is, was the delay in Jesus' arrival intentional? He knew exactly what he was doing. He wanted there to be no doubt that Lazarus was dead. After four days, there would have been no doubt in anybody's mind that this man had died. All right, so moving on to verses 21 and 22, this is where Martha talks to Jesus when she meets him outside the city. Martha said to Jesus, 
Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. What we have to understand is when Mary says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. This is not an accusation. This is not a blame. It's your fault if you would have come right away. That's not what's happening here. What it is, is it is a deep and profound statement of Martha's faith, love, and trust in Jesus. She knows for a fact that if he were there, her brother would not have died. This is a statement of belief, not an accusation. So in verse 22, Martha here is saying that she understands the special relationship between God the Son and God the Father. Maybe hinting at the fact that Jesus could raise Lazarus. We don't know 100% sure if that's what she's saying. So let's go ahead and move on to verse 23 where Jesus answers her and says, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. So Jesus responds with a very strong statement. Your brother will rise again. The statement Jesus was making is that this is going to happen right now within moments. Verse 24, Martha responds to the statement and says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. This is a state, another statement of faith by Martha, showing that she knows and understands and totally believes the Old Testament prophecy of the dead rising again. So now Jesus is going to make a statement in verses 25 and 26 that is going to take her beliefs and turn them on their head. So in 25 and 26, Jesus answers her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Here Jesus makes the fifth of the seven I am statements in the book of John. Here Jesus is bringing Martha from the understanding of Old Testament resurrection on the last day to the fact that the resurrection and the life is standing right here in front of you right now is what he's telling her. Jesus qualifies this with everyone who believes in me, even though they die a physical death, spiritually they will live for eternity with him. And then he ends with a question that I'm sure he already knows the answer to, probably for the benefit of those around also, but he already knew the answer. So here we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with the rest of our study. This episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk is brought to you by Keto Campers, where we're living the ketogenic lifestyle by eating a high-fat, low-carb diet and keeping our bodies healthy. Connect with us now on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Keto Campers, or email us at ketocampers at gmail.com. All right, so welcome back to Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. We're talking about the I am statement where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And we're going to continue in verse 27. Martha is now answering Jesus after he makes his statement. 
She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. That should be a statement of faith by all believers throughout history. This is what we need to believe. You are the Christ, the Son of God. That's a profound statement made by Martha. So let's go ahead and look at verses 28 and 29. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. When Mary heard that Jesus had called for her, she immediately got up and went to him. There was no question in her mind, if Jesus is calling her, she's going. This is true obedience to the Son of God. Verses 30 and 31, it says, Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. So the people weren't exactly sure what was going on. They just knew, well, we're here for Mary and Martha, and they got up and left, so let's go with them. Verses 32 and 33, where we see where Mary and Martha now come back to Jesus. So 32 says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. This is very similar to what Martha said. And it is a symbol of faith and love and belief. 33 says, When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Here we see that Mary shows a profound act of worship when she fell at the feet of her Savior. Mary makes the same statement of faith and belief in Jesus as Martha did in verse 21. Jesus saw her weeping. Now this type of weeping that Mary and Martha were doing is sadness or wailing because of a death. They were sad, deeply grieved at this. And next it says, Jesus was deeply moved. Now what does this mean? What we see is that by Jesus being deeply moved, he was indignant or angered. He was angry. That's the type of moved he was. And why is this? Could it be because of the lack of belief by the mourners? That death is not the end state for believers. Or he was possibly angered by the fact that sin had brought so much pain and suffering into the world. But either way, this angered Jesus. So verse 34, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. This is a very simple question. It's a very simple answer. And so we're going to move right on to verse 35. Verse 35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. And it simply says, Jesus wept. Now the meaning of wept here, because we looked at what the weeping was that Martha and Mary and the rest of the mourners were doing, the meaning of wept here is completely different. Here, it means to silently shed tears in sadness. The reason he was weeping was because of the unbelief and the hopelessness of the people around him. 
He, he was not weeping because he was sad that Lazarus had died. This is Jesus we're talking about. Sadness at death, that's the beginning of eternal life, the beginning of the promise that he's given to believers. He wouldn't be sad about that, and he wouldn't want anyone else to be sad about that, but he understood human grief. So in verses 36 and 37, we see the Jews now talking amongst themselves. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? The people were thinking that Jesus was weeping out of sadness for Lazarus' death. This is just another example showing that they didn't understand who he was. So this is going to be where we conclude this week's study. Next time, we're going to be looking at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, where Jesus states, I am the way and the truth and the life. I'd like to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, to leave a review in whatever podcast app you listen to this in. We really could use some feedback. I'd like to know what you think of this study. I'd like to know your questions, your comments. You can also email us at galatians2v5 at gmail.com. And all of these links will be down in the show notes. So you can also email us at galatians2v5 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at Galatians 2-5. That's spelled out T-W-O-F-I-V-E. And we'd really love to hear from you. We'd really like to respond to any questions or comments you might have. Now, as usual, we're going to end with a passage out of Psalm 119, verses 49 through 56. Starting in verse 49. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, that I have kept your precepts. All right, I want to thank you once again for tuning in for this week's episode. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and may God richly bless you.